Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to our noonday service today. Thank you all for joining us. As the songwriter said, Lord, if you don't do it, it just won't be done. Lord, do it for me. Do it for me. Let us begin with prayer. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity on this beautiful Wednesday morning to come and gather together to give you praise, to thank you for all the blessings that you bestowed upon us, to thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, for life, for health and strength. We pray right now for those among us that are sick. We ask that you would touch Brother Robert Walker and heal him, Lord. Allow him to, to, to be able to leave the hospital and come home and enjoy life. We ask that you would be with Sister Lucy Robinson to heal her body, Lord, and strengthen her, as well as Sister Mildred Purnell. We ask right now that you would be with Sister Melissa Chance and Sister Carolyn Cohen, that you would heal them and restore them to good health. We ask that you be with the bereaved family of Sister Tondalea Chance, Lord. We ask that you would give them peace and calm and build them up during this time of sorrow. We thank you, Lord, for all that are among us whose names I don't know to call, but who need you. We all need you. Thank you for every family that's represented on the call today. That you ask, we ask that you would be with each one. We ask that you would allow your Holy Spirit to come into this place. 
to speak through me, Lord. It's not about me, but it's all about you. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The the scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, just one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. And I'm going to be reading today from the New Living Translation. And it says, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. I'm going to read that again. God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So our subject for today is, Lord, what can I do? Lord, what can I do? A few days ago, when the news came out about the mass shooting in Louisville, Kentucky, it was something of a last straw for me. Maybe you got there sooner, but for me, I thought I was doing the right thing by praying for the victims of gun violence in the past and praying for safety for those around me and keeping abreast of what's been going on. And and a while back, I even joined an advocacy group to lobby the government for more gun control legislation. And I sat in on one of their Zoom meetings, but that's as far as I got. But for the most part, I haven't done much because I haven't known what to do. What do we do when all around us is evil and there's nothing but conflicting ideologies? There are literally so many difficult issues that we live with in our society. Things that are so difficult to reconcile with faith then I have begun to question my faith and ask what's right and what's wrong. Because right now we deal with gun rights issues and mass killings and abortion laws, LGBTQ issues, identity crises, suicide and mental health issues, the racial divide, politics in government, and decline in the church, among other things, among our own individual, everyday issues and challenges. So I decided as a person of faith, of course, to turn to Jesus. You know the question, what would Jesus do? Jesus was in a society that had problems as well. He lived in an agrarian society that was 90% poor people. They lived in poverty conditions, many outside in tents as nomads, 
tending sheep and growing crops like olives and grapes and vegetables. And only 10% of the society was nobility, people born into, into noble households. And they lived lavishly, but they took advantage of the poor. There was greed and ideology all around Jesus. The government was run by evil men like Caesar who craved power. And then there were the Jews practicing the Mosaic law. And they were more interested in looking pious and looking like they were believers than actually living right and pleasing God. They had all these empty rituals and traditions. And then on top of all that, women were treated literally as possessions and not as humans in Jesus' day. So consider that it wasn't that Jesus was not aware of all of these problems and he didn't care about them. He lived them in these conditions. So what did he have to say about everything? How did he handle the problems of his day? How did he live out his faith while being on earth? Because, see, we seem to be looking today for some kind of magic potions, something new and improved. But let's try something that Jesus advocated. Let's try a weapon that Jesus used. And that weapon was love. In fact, Jesus himself said to those trying to keep the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, he said, let's simplify it. Just keep two. Love God and love others. You see, we tend to minimize the effects of love upon others. But honestly, love is so powerful. Romans 12 and 20 says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sounds good, preacher, but it doesn't work in today's world. But God says, vengeance is mine. Let me repay your enemies for the wrong they've done to you. And believe me, God can bring people to their knees. So let's give love a try. Not the kind of love that just prays for other people from a distance. But the kind that we just read about. The kind that does necessary deeds that feeds the hungry that gives water to the thirsty but you say I, I can't help anybody else I need somebody to help me that's what we say isn't that what we say all the time 
But the Bible also says in Galatians 6 and 10, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family. Some versions say in the household of faith. If you have a heart for other people and the love of God in your soul, opportunities will come to you. And when they do to help somebody else, you need to take them. Because if you don't, there are serious consequences. Listen to this final judgment passage from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will take, he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality? or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. We're talking about the power of love to affect change in our world, to do something good right where you are. So now the question becomes, what do you have? What do I have? What abilities do we have? What is our platform? How does love shine through in our lives? Exodus 4 and 2 tells us, And the Lord said unto him, talking to Moses, What is in your hand? The answer to God's question was that Moses had a shepherd's rod in his hand. You see, Moses was worried about his weaknesses and his lack of anything worthwhile that could come from him. He had been tending sheep for the last 40 years. He didn't possess any money or land or power. And yet God wanted him to go tell a king to let God's people go. 
But God showed Moses that the shepherd's rod, when yielded to God, was a mighty weapon. It turned to a serpent when it needed to, parted the Red Sea, struck a rock and brought forth water. Throughout the Bible, God had a wonderful habit of using whatever a person possessed that if that person would simply yield it to God, it could be used mightily. Think about it. God used a stick, a coat, a fish, a couple of pennies, a slingshot, a jawbone, a rock, and some loaves of bread. The almighty creator of the universe is able to use any ordinary object that is yielded to him in faith. And the process isn't complicated. Just give it to the Lord and let him work it out. What about you? What do you have in your hand? I thought about the little drummer boy. Remember him? He said he looked around at all the gifts that everybody was given to Jesus. And he said all he had was his drum. And his ability to play it. But the story says he played his best for Jesus. And when we listen to that story, we're encouraged year after year. Remember the widow that only gave two cents? Not, not much at all. But Jesus said she gave more than all those who were given out of their wealth. Because she gave out of her poverty. She gave all she had to Jesus. And so I've had to ask myself, what am I giving? What is it that I have? You listen to the talking heads on TV and radio and all around us, and we get all kinds of conflicting messages about what we should be doing. We should do this and we should do that. But how about let's giving love a try and let's do it God's way. What are you afraid of? Because you don't think that it's good enough. Are you so mired in your own sense of unworthiness or selfishness that you don't think you have anything to offer? We get like that sometimes, you know. I can't help anybody else because I need help. Have you been holding back anything from God? And I'm not just talking about things. I'm talking about your heart, your will, your whole life being a living sacrifice for God. What are some ways you can give to God and then allow him to Move through you. 
Have you ever seen God multiply something you thought was very small? Try it. Try giving God the smallest of what you have. Because when we put it in the master's hand, he's able to multiply it. Want to affect this world for better? You want to do more to change our world? Love God. Love others and do your part in the span of God of time that God is giving you right now. Acts 13 and 36 says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors. This is your generation. What purposes of God does he want to fulfill through you? Serve your generation today and start with love. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this word on today. For showing us that we don't need anything new and improved. We just need to do it your way. And you said that we need to love you with all our heart, mind, and soul. And then we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. That if we can do those two things with all our heart, mind, and soul, that you will use us to change our world for the better. Lord, help us. Give us more faith. Give us more love. That kind of love that runs from heart to heart and mind to mind. Show us what we have in our hands to use for your purposes. Give us the knowledge, the wisdom, the courage to use it. We thank you on today. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everybody. I thank you today for being with us. And I ask that you would share this broadcast with others and let them know about it. That we're here on Wednesdays from 12 to 12.30. And hopefully the word will inspire you and give you an opportunity to apply God's word to your life that you may make an impact right around and influence others right where you live. We thank you. Let's repeat our benediction on today. And you can enjoy the rest of your afternoon. To know him and the power of his resurrection. To share in his sufferings and be like him in death.
These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Enjoy your day. I love you. Okay. Finished a little early today.